you, Jesus, tonight. We proclaim your name in all the nations, oh God. We confess that you are king over all and over our life, first of all. You are the king. We confess, oh God, tonight again, Jesus, that you reign in the affairs of men, that there is no one like you. You put kings in place and you dethrone them at will. You are almighty. You are all powerful. We love you with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our understanding. We love our neighbors. We love people. And we love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. We love you forevermore, Lord. Yes, Lord. Just want to tell you, Lord. Lord, I love you. More than anything. time everybody now welcome tonight god bless you let me know where you're watching from type it i can see just type it where you're watching from i worship just want to tell you lord just want to tell you lord i love you lord i love you more than anything good evening good evening to the nation of spark first of all Good evening to the nations, the body of Christ, and then good evening to people. How are you all doing tonight? Let me know you're watching and where you're watching from. I see Campbell. Good evening. Good evening. God bless you. Good evening from all the nations of the earth. May the blessings of God be with you. Gold house. Good evening. Okay, let me switch to my orthodox way of seeing this. Sutin, uh, this is so fancy, it's coming in, but okay, from Sydney, but let me just use this one. Praise God, praise God, good evening, good evening, good evening, Kingsbury, good evening, Ireland, Ireland is tuned in, good evening, away. The one head is so fast, it's unbelievable, the new one is so fast, there's nobody that can read this, look at this, no human can keep up with this. Hartford, Forest Gate, praise God. Good evening, no way. Crystal Palace, all right. You guys should see how far I see Cali, Brixton. Good evening, Hopprington, Lagos, Nigeria. Good evening, Lagos, Nigeria. Essex in Grace. Good evening, Bamanzi. How are you all doing? Praise God, Kent. Good evening. Peckham, good evening Peckham. How are you doing in Peckham? Elisham, Northampton. Praise God, Forest Gate, Love House in Canary. Good evening to you, Snaresbrook. Praise God. Swanley, good evening to Swanley. Praise God. What a beautiful time to be alive. God bless you. Now tell me, how are you doing? How are you all doing tonight? including those who are silently watching. Good evening to you all. Good evening. Tonight, I start a series, and that's for tonight, tomorrow. Again, you know I start series. I don't finish it because I expect you. Joshua, Pastor Jennifer's son. Joshua, I learned you're a periscope addict. You're a fourth-gen, fifth-gen leader. So good evening, Joshua. Good evening. <laughs> that's so interesting. God bless you, Joshua. I recognize your presence here. 
Doing great. Joshua says, doing great. Awesome. You know I did your naming ceremony, right? I'm going to have to be reminding you that forever. You're going to hear it. When you become a CEO, you just, you know I did your naming ceremony, right? <laughs> Praise God. Tonight, I want to start a series. Um, we're still on the series of Get Me A So So So. But I feel as we enter into the season of fasting, we start tomorrow. Good evening to all the houses. As we enter into a season of fasting, I'm not going to exert energy tonight. We're just going to speak. I trust that God is doing a work in your life, and I trust that you can see what God is doing. Many times when God is moving in our lives, we cannot see with our physical eyes. For example, the servant of the prophet did not know they had so much security. Until the prophet Elijah prays and said, God opened his eyes to see that those who are with us are more than those who are with them. I want you to know that everything working for your good right now is much more than the things working against you. And so it is in seasons like this that we ask God to open our eyes to see the unseen forces that are sent to protect our destiny and take us to where we need to get to. These unseen forces come through word. God sends his word regularly to remind us that faithful is he who has called you who also will do it. So if you understand the whole structure of Spark Nation and what is paramount to my heart, that's what I'm starting tonight and that's why this is tied to families. It is important for us constantly, I think it was Pastor Sam leading one hour, the other hour of prayer. And it is important, I mean I think it was emphasizing, it is important for the eyes of our understanding to open that we may understand these things. Because once this understanding comes, you know that you cannot fail. And why is it important for the Holy Spirit to continuously remind us of these things? There are two snares waiting. Religion is a snare. Religion says to you, you, can, you may not do this back nation thing, but you are still a good child of God. But what God wants us to do is to actually know what is in his heart. Loving pity is something else. Knowing what is in his heart is what builds relationship. We've got many people who love me all over the world and that's fine. We have many that hate us too and that's also amazing. But the love, the, what brings relationship are people who care about what is on our heart and they want to do to work towards it. So I use that to describe a situation, a scenario with God where what is paramount in God's heart is not just our confession of loving him. It is not just us saying that we love you, Jesus, and we worship you in church on Sunday. It is, Father, what is actually in your heart. Because when Jesus taught them how to pray, when they asked him, he said, teach us how to pray. He only, the only thing that was for them in it has nothing to do with the future. It is daily. Give us this day our daily bread. But every other thing was the will of God. Your will be done on earth the same way it's done in heaven. So Pastor Bayo then emphasized in one of the hours of prayer why our heart must be knit to the heart of the Father. This is the confidence that we have that when we pray, we know He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, we know that He will answer us when we pray according to His will. So the revival generation are people who actually want to know what is in the heart of the Father. 
And when you miss that, you become a nominal Christian. And when a nominal Christian, it doesn't matter that you observe your daily quiet time. That's not relationship. In fact, it can almost become a bother. Imagine someone that don't care about what is in my heart. Someone that we are not on mission field together coming to disturb me every morning to just talk to me. And I'm trying to tell him there is something paramount in my heart. So those who will bring in the revival, the power of God for the end time. There are people asking, so God, our fathers have told us. We have heard with our ears what you did in the Bible times, but I want to know what is in your heart right now. Those are the people that will bring in the hand of God and the move of God for the end time. And I think that's what he's calling you for. So you may have a little pamphlet. You may have a little book and, and on top of it is written daily devotional, meaning someone has planned what you will say to the father in the next one year. But the father says, no, no, no. I want you to know what is in my heart right now. I want to build a life relationship with you. I don't want to build a religious relationship with you. I want every junction in your life to make meaning, but also to bring down my will to the earth. What is in the heart of the father? I pick. Now for us this weekend, the Father is talking about families. So permit me to start from our prayers. Ephesians chapter number 3, for this cause, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because until we understand these things, there is no nation that God changes without a family setting. So I'm not talking about your biological family as it were. I think in the private scopes yesterday, I've told you. In case there are parents sneaking to watch, let me tell you something. I don't sneak to say what I say because I'm not afraid of anything. The only person to be afraid of is God Almighty. The one who can kill the body and the spirit. What will anybody do? The most you can do is abuse. And every vain word you say, you will give account of it on the day of judgment, on that great day. And all the motive of men will be exposed. So I say this, that our kids, our children were raised most times to bring us out of poverty. There's no doubt about that. There's a place of honor for the parents. So I recognize the biological family. As long as it's under the instructions of God and that's how far that goes. So I'll stop there and get into family as I want to talk about it. So don't use that as a blackmail tool. Oh, but did your pastor not tell you about family? I'm not talking about that. I want to talk about God's family on earth now. So again, I recognize the physical earthly family. And some of you parents know, even your physical earthly family, you run away from them. Well, were they the bad ones? Well, dad, I hear you say they are the bad ones, but until I meet them, I'm sorry. <laughs> we will know who is bad. But, so that's not the point tonight. Let's get into God's family now. A nation building, a nation taken. What are the five pillars that must exist if God is going to use you? What are the things that must exist in your life? What are the landmarks? And I don't have much time tonight. What are the landmarks in your life that you must understand about God and the move of God? And if these five pillars are there, then you're made. So let's start from recognizing that God recognizes that he has a family in heaven and on earth. Let's read scripture. Go for it, man. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole 
family in heaven and earth is named. So here, we won't go further into that prayer. Here we see that without fail, there is a family on earth. Let us not go into the technicalities of the family in heaven. I think I've mentioned that in passing before. And so when God looks at the earth, what he finds, was, what he looks for is his family. His kids, but in family setting. When he looks on earth, he's not looking for Toby. He's not looking for Daniel or Abby or Beryl. He's looking for his family. When God broke the children of Israel, he divided them into 12 tribes, 12 families. So he will address them not by Sam. He will address them by the house of Judah. The house of Benjamin. The house of Reuben. And but what Pentecostalism began to teach us is individualism over family. It won't work. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and on earth. And so there is a tribe of wealth. There is a tribe of prosperity. There's a tribe of grace. I'm taking you somewhere tonight. That in this family will attract each other. I mean, into this family, we attract each other depending on your wiring from before time began. That what God made you is only in you and God passes you to the earth, delivers you to the earth like a DHL delivery service through certain parents. But that doesn't make it family. Mission is family. Wiring is family. And so what God does and I'm going to show you all of these in scriptures in a moment. What God does is when he's ready to use you, he places you in a family. He places you among your own tribe, among your own people. The first apostolic move was a family setting. God said, Jesus told them, tarry ye in Jerusalem. So it almost looked as if Jesus has taken these people of their own biological family. And he said to them, follow me and I'll make you into something. He knitted the 12 together as if the tribe of Israel was about to be reenacted. He knitted them together and he gave them one sense of purpose so that Matthew can be different from Peter but what unifies them is purpose what unifies them is the father the Lord Jesus Christ his mission on earth became what they were building and he left them a legacy and he told them if you can hear what I'm saying tarry you in Jerusalem until you are endured with power then you will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth that's a legacy he didn't leave them money. Just in case, because I've heard even people are respecting, oh, a good father lives in inheritance, that's houses and cars. Are you kidding me? I've seen so many fathers leave all that for their kids and the kid never become anything. He left them a legacy. He told them how to take the world. And they tarried in Jerusalem, 120 of them, they, their lines tarried in Jerusalem until they were endured with power. We will see this family eventually turn the world upside down. It takes a family to change nations. One single person cannot do it. What we've seen people, a person can go out and he will become a Barack Obama. But I was saying tonight, Barack Obama became the president of America but did not take the American nation. Let me tell you, that is the height of the power of man. He didn't take the nation. Taking a nation is in, in putting there an ideology, 
a way of life, a new culture, a different culture. So politics can get you somewhere. It does not mean you took the nation. That's topic for another day. For this cause, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family. So what tribe do you belong to? Do you understand your tribe? Come with me to First Peter. Let me just use tonight to lay scriptural, um, scriptural foundations because there are two things or three that derails a person in life. Culture is powerful. You may be however old. In fact, the older people get the mother try to go back to their so-called culture. And I'm not despising culture by any means. I'm just saying that you practice culture depending on what family you, you come from. And say, well, you know, the, the, the Greek culture, the, this culture. No, there is one culture, that's kingdom. We can practice many other things as long as it doesn't clash with the kingdom. The moment it clashes with the kingdom, we'll know. All of a sudden on the wedding day, your culture that clashes with the kingdom is now at the forefront. As We didn't even know you are born again anymore because all of a sudden it's now cultural day. Culture is powerful. Religion is also powerful. Culture stems from family. Religion stems from family and society. These things are so powerful that they can hold you down against the kingdom. What we preach is the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is a culture on its own. It's kingdom culture. And so for our culture to be taken away from us, it takes us from the family we belong to that delivered us to the earth. You know, it's interesting when a woman gives birth, they said, has it delivered? Has she delivered? They said she has delivered a baby boy. Yes, you only delivered it to the earth, delivered the child to the earth. It doesn't mean that child has to be what you are. It's your delivery. And that child, if, if it walks in the way of God, will deliver you also from poverty or from whatever has held you down. That's the way it should be. But we cannot deliver our children and then deliver them into bondage at the same time. Culture is powerful. So God tells us that when you come into a family, you have to understand the culture of that family. You have to understand that there was something you were looking for. That led you to a certain family and not the other family. There is something in your heart that you are looking for and yearning for. And I'm coming there tonight. First Peter chapter 2. Read from verse 16, please. As free, prop yeah, go on. As free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice. Verse 17. Honor all people. Uh -huh. Love the brotherhood. Fear NIV, love the family of believers. It calls the movement of believers. Now, the one is believing in Christ, fundamental. Then the second is believe for the mission that Christ has called you to do. So it calls them a family. So, you know, a family delivered me to this earth. Then on my journey, I become part of the family of believers. Those who believe in nation building. Those who believe in changing the world. It is a family as well. It is a clan. It is a dynasty of some sort. So when you become born again, you joined a dynamic family. You joined a new family. So it cannot just be church, guys. Because church 
Pentecostal Greek Greek church, the way they taught us, it's not family. It's just a place you go to and you worship and sing and everybody goes home. The big pastor called me this morning. We've not spoken. He said, oh, I couldn't reach you when you guys were going through all your troubles. I wanted to speak to you and I wanted to let you know that I believe in the work that you do and nobody can talk any rubbish about you and the work. But pastor, let me tell you something. I think I know why you had your problems. You don't hide enough. He said, you see me? <laughs> if you know how many things I have. But you think I'll let those people know? No way. I'm not going to let them know. He said, people like you can know. <laughs> he said, there's no watch I don't have, by the way. I said, right. He said, I have everything. But I will never let them know. He said, even if I wear my watch, I, have, I wear native and it covers it like this. Please, why do you wear it? So you just look at it by yourself. He said, you've got to learn. That if you're going to last in this thing, you have to hide. I said, okay, so I will not last there because I can't hide. You don't hide from family. So that's church. That's church setting. That's what we met. But when it comes to family, <laughs> it is cause other on earth. A family of the believers is a fear God and honor the emperor. I love this scripture so much. First Peter chapter 2. Read it again, please. Chapter 2, verse 17 from NIV now. Show proper respect to everyone. It tells us how to treat everyone. It says, as for everyone, show proper respect to them. Uh -huh. Love. But as for the family. Uh -huh, love the family of believers. You see, God... <laughs> It, so the family asked me to love is the family of believers I'm sorry this may offend but I said show respect to everyone the people who deliver me to the earth I respect but love is for the family of believers and he told us love when it comes to sacrifice when it comes to how to move it is not because someone is born by my same mom we have to be born by the same spiritual dynasty the Lord Jesus Christ he said love the family he didn't say love believers. Love that family. Love the family of believers. How do you treat God? Fear God. Fear God. How do you treat the kings? Honor the emperor. Honor the emperor. He said, love the emperor. He said, honor them. So God teaches us how to respond. Our heavenly culture is love for the family. See the same first Peter. Chapter 5, verse 9. Verse 9. Please. Resist him. It tells us how to deal with Satan, how to deal with the world system. It said, resist him. Uh -huh. Standing firm in the faith. I love, whenever you see the word, the faith. I told you what Britain did was, in all their pledges and all that, they changed from the faith to faith. Because now they want to accommodate all manner of faith. Including the worship of elephant or hand. So they say, oh, it's the custodian, the prince or the queen, the custodian of faith, not the faith. But God wants us to stay on the faith, the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, nothing more, nothing less. He said, standing firm in the faith, not in faith. You can have faith in yourself. You can have faith in, I will succeed. That's faith. 
but the faith is the faith in what the Lord Jesus Christ did for us standing firm in the faith uh -huh, because because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering every look how do you locate your core family they are undergoing the same suffering the same persecution the same being talked against that's how you locate your co-family members. Not because we have one billion people in your church. That does not make them a family. That makes them a church. Michael Jackson can gather as much people as well. So we gave way to the Greek culture that teaches us the theater style of church and makes us forget the family part of it. God is looking for a family. God says, if you get me a family, I'll change the world. I want to take you to a very interesting family. So I'm actually in a hurry to get there because it's interesting. But before that, when you read Genesis chapter 5 verse 1, Genesis chapter 6 verse 9, Genesis chapter 7 verse 1, Genesis chapter 11 verse 10, just read 5 1 and I'll read the rest. This because this is the written account of Adam's family line. Number one, it will use the word account, family line. God is always watching for family line. Genesis chapter 6 verse 9 says, this is the account uh -huh, of if you Noah have and his family. This is the account of Noah's family line, Noah and his family. So God is always, when God wants to introduce a new move on earth, it gives and records the account of a man and his family. So it's not going to be a man and his church. It's going to be a man and his family. When God wants to introduce a new dimension to the earth, he raises a man and asks them to raise a family. Do you understand that? He says, you come up, Noah come up, Adam, you come, but I want you to have a family because I want to subdue the earth. I want to take the earth. So imagine if you've ever asked the question, why are there so many churches and we have very less influence? God says, I don't walk in churches or through, I walk through family. Their name can be a church, but it is a family. This is the account. So my own, my own aim is this. After the end of my days, what will be written? My account and my family. And so what people do is, I hear preachers preach this word. They always say this thing. They say, oh, church people will go, family will remain. It depends on what you call family. If everybody you built church work with go, what kind of a father are you? Of course, there will be people that never belong to your family. They thought they did. Eventually, they didn't belong to your family. But those who belong to that family, they ain't going nowhere. As long as the mission is God's mission. This is the account of Noah and his family. Jump to verse 11, Genesis 11, 10. This is the account of Shem's family line. Two years after the flood, when Shem was 100 years old, he became the father of Alphazad. What I wanted to show you with all of that is God's dimension of introducing something new to the earth is family. It, what that means is if God wants to start a new financial order, it looks for family. It is not going to start with the bank. It is the family you belong to. 
He will raise a man, give that family a mandate. When the flood was coming, he said to Noah, he said, get you and your family. So look at the family of Noah. They went to construction. How did they get into construction? God warning that the earth is going to be destroyed. And he said, start a construction company. And that company was called Noah and Sons. That's a church. Once this ark was built, God sounded an alarm in the thick forest. And every creature of God, every animal, everything that God needs to preserve came to the family house of Noah. In other words, God's destined family does not build because the world is building. They don't build the house because the world is building. They gather to build the vision of Noah. They were united because of the ark that they were building. Individualism is the way to poverty and there is Satan hates unity but that's why God asked me to come and teach you about family because what begins to happen is one person within a church that's the kind of church we make one person within a church will rise and think they are doing well and with all of a sudden think it's about them God supplements God supplements your deficiencies by the ableness of your brother God strengthens your weakness by the, by the strength of your brother sitting next to you. He created the church for government, for fashion, for music, so that God's family will have God's cupboard, God's weight upon the earth more than any industry that we met. Well, God began to look at the earth and say, these are no longer families. This has become commercial church. You know, commercial church, they'll say, well, this is church growth. What is church growth? God does not want church growth. He wants church impact. Growth is supposed to be impact, not numbers. Nothing wrong with numbers. We've seen numbers. So I'm not one of the lazy pastors that will say, even if we are five here, no. We will be thousands and thousands more. But why? what is the need for thousands without impact? God cannot introduce a new dimension a new move on earth without raising a family when he wanted to start Goshen the new tribe of Israel he raised one man called Joseph he sent Joseph to Egypt Joseph was alone in Egypt but when God was ready for them he had to, even his brothers that betrayed him he had to bring them home they came to Egypt and they became great and they were given a city because the family has arrived no matter how big Joseph was no matter how influential Joseph was, it's not complete without the 11 brothers. When the 11 brothers came, they had a city. When Joseph was by himself, he only had a house. He can't live in a city, sisters, brothers. He was great in Egypt. The old world came to him in Egypt. The old world bought, brought, bought um, grain from him in Egypt. He was the commander of the economy, but he can only have a house. At most, a street. But the moment the family joined, he had a city. God gives us cities because we are families. Because the whole mission of Joseph in Egypt was not because of the brilliance of Joseph. It was not because of the eloquence or the eruditeness of Joseph. It was because of God's family. Is God opening a door for you? I want you to go back to family. It is family. And below, okay, let, I'll get there. I need to get to this. Did we finish that? So I wanted to show you from Genesis. All of these accounts of God. It would say the family line. 
the family night. This is the family of faith. This is not biological stunts. This is faith believers family. Psalm number 68. Start from verse 5 please. This is where I start tonight. Those were footnotes. Let's start the word now. Psalm 68 verse 5 and 6. A father to the fatherless. Uh -huh. A defender of widows yeah. is God in his holy it dwelling. It gives him the title of fatherhood. It calls him the father to the fatherless. But then it will tell us soon how it does that. How does God father you? How does God structure when you are fatherless? And what does fatherless mean? Without legacy. He didn't say daddyless. Without legacy. Without a building and a cause. Family is called continuity. And many of us will look at ourselves and say, what I met at home, is there anything to continue here? And until you are blunt and, 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 and sincere about that question, non-sentimental about it, you cannot bring deliverance to your biological family. If we want to lie to ourselves, if we want to politically write to ourselves, we can say anything we want. But most of us from the black community have no legacy. And it wasn't building anything. Apart from a little house in Nigeria or Ghana or Syria or no, wherever. You can't walk. That's not legacy. That's self. A father to the fatherless. Uh -huh. A defender of widows. Uh-huh. Is God in his holy dwelling. Verse 6. God sets the lonely in family. Why are they lonely? So if he defends the widows, if he's the father to the fatherless, how does he do it? He sets them. I, must, I, I might almost use the word, he sets them up. So when God wants to bless a, fam, a person, an individual, because remember they are lonely now. You know you can be among your own biological family and be lonely. Vision not the same. You are looking for something. You are looking for something that is bigger than the vision of that family. Even though it will help that family but it's bigger. And you are trying to communicate what you are created for. And they can't get it. They think your eyes is high up there. They think you just think differently. They think you are extra. But the Bible says when God is ready, He sets you, the lonely, in families. He sets the lonely in family. It is God's work. He sets family. So God does not prosper the earth. He does not help the lonely without setting them in family. So God is still looking at the earth today and say, get me a family. So snatchers, would you understand this when I say that your job is to look for the lonely? Because now you've created a family. Now you've born Spark Nation as a family. Power base as a family. Connect family. The elite as a family. So your, your houses, your HQs are family houses. This is a God. All, so it could be from revelation of this. All that Spark Nation has been doing for all these years is to just set family. Now God will set the lonelies there. Now God will give you a city now God will give you nations because you've built the ark of a family and sometimes you will have Kush in the family who built with you who walks away eventually but it is fine 
But what God is saying is, an individual can walk away, the family setting must remain. And so power base is a family, God's family. Now you have no fear of the blessing as long as you know you are a family. It is not a fellowship of church. It is not a church fellowship. It is not an harm of a church. It is a family. But nation as a whole is God's family on earth. It sets the lonely. So when the soul snatchers pray, you are looking when the, when the mother of God nations pray, you're looking for you're looking for the lonely you're saying things like god we set this family we present this family before you and we receive the loneliness of the earth and that does not mean those who are vulnerable alone that does not mean those who don't have money it means everyone a person can have money and have no sense of building god is going to bring them into this house right now because he, the, the the greatest blessing god did for you and i is to set us a family and he says in that family seat if the greatest asset of a man is his family like they say meaning God's greatest asset is his family he has the best investment on you the moment he sets you in the family I didn't just say church again this is what we will preach that begins to change the church that you cannot you can't have 1,000 people here that you know not you know in your heart that the only reason why you do follow up it's so that they can come to church on Sunday. No, it's a family. It's a family. What do I care about people on the internet calling you names and saying you're a criminal, you're this, because I know I didn't rob you, I don't know you, but you see my family. What they say matters to me. What they think matters to me. So if God, if you don't get anything from tonight, get this. If God wants to introduce a new dimension on earth, he raises new families. Because he only walks through new family. Listen, he raised you and set you up in a family. He first of all set a family up and now set you in that family because he's about to do something new on the earth. Did we finish that? God said, please talk to me. God sets the lonely in families. He leads out the prisoners with singing. But the rebellious live in a sun-scorched Another land. translation says the rebellious live in dry lands. You have someone in the family who thinks they are just talented, then they become rebellious because he's first of all talked about the setting of the family. Then he looks at the rebellious. They will say, no, 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 I'm not. It's not fun. No, They may not say it with their mouth, but their action. The, the only way poverty can penetrate us is division. The church is supposed to be one family. So look at those, your little argument with each other. What you're doing is setting the family ablaze. And who's going to pay for you? You. The rebellious will dwell in strange lands. So if I were you, what I want to know is what are the ethics? What is the way of this family? What is the way? And so what Power Base wants to know is what are the ethics of the family called Spark Nation? And Spark Nation seeking the ethics of the family of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then that trickles down and down. That is how we prosper together. That is how we take nations together. That is how we build together. And if someone is not wise enough to know that in every family there has to be defects, I want you to know that it is Satan's job to condemn and to accuse. We must let him do his job. That is his job, not yours. 
So in the family, what do you do? You are the encourager. You are the builder. You are the one that serves. We've spoken about this service. You are the one that serves all. It is funny how quickly we can disagree and how long it takes for us to agree. And God is saying, no, no, no. I need to build a family. I have delivered you. Your parents have delivered you to the earth and we must be eternally grateful. Some of them, most of them, broke up when you were delivered. They don't talk to each other anymore. That's how you know that's not family. That's not the family. What is that? Delivery. Delivery. It sets the, 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 the lonely in families. So in case you're watching and you're saying, I've gone through a lot in my childhood. I went through a lot. Daddy was not there. Mom was not. This happened. That happened. Listen, please, forget that. It sets you in a family now. In case you're growing up and say, I wish my dad mom knew more. I wish they built a legacy. Forget that. You are now in a family. That's why we give together. We persevere together. We, 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 we fast together. We pray together. That's a, that's a family meeting. What are we doing tonight? Family meeting. Yes, there may be people joining us from all over the world. But primarily, as a father, I'm just talking to my family. Now, let me now say what I want to say. Matthew chapter 1. New King James. The new prosperity of the church is going to be family churches. That's not a non-growing church. So, what you've done with the power base, with the elites and all that is you've set families of mentorships that can absorb thousands of people and still focus so in your family, you have to look for who is the accountant here? Who is the engineer here? Now, they now begin to have the backup of the family. If that person, I need to speak to the individual, meaning now, if that person recognizes that this is a family business, then they will not stop being prosperous. But the moment they see it as Joseph, just me alone, they will become like their biological father. It doesn't look detesting our biological parent does not change anything. The life of a man is in his blood, is there. The only power that breaks us free from generational problems or, or habits is very simple attachment to another family. Detachment from that one, but you're not detaching in a way that you can't help them anymore. You will help. In Matthew, I found something very interesting. That's the only book of the Bible that starts this way, really. Yes, many others started with genealogies and stuff like that, but Matthew's account was very unique, guys. So we trace back again to this family. I want you to look at the interesting thing, what I find fascinating about this woman. God is interested in your family tree. Some of your family trees just started a year ago when you joined this family. That's the one he's interested in. Not the one that traces your father and then you find out he's in Czechoslovakia. Not that one. I'm not interested. That you will spend half of your life in that and only realize that what you now know is better not to know some things. Look at this. I've always wondered why the Bible spent so much time talking about so-so-so begat so-so-so. I've always wondered. It wanted us to see its pattern of operation. So when you read scriptures and you know those boring parts, 
when you read so so begat so so and you want to skip it and you're thinking why is this there no 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 he needed you to know where wo- the person is going to he needed you to know that they were coming from a line now this man does, did not just appear there is a line in other words God saying there is something I've been working on before it gets to the man that you're interested in even Jesus the more you're interested in he said before he gets there I've been doing a work eternally it is a work of root for me it is not just a work of fruit it started from the root because if the root is good the fruit thereby will be good and so what you should rejoice in is your root if now it's brought you into this house it sets you in the family what you must take care of the most is your root what you must not allow anyone to put rubbish on is your root because that's where the fruit of you come from and so when he, when you became born again and he introduces you to a family we may not be like the other church but he wanted you to have a root of love for God and prosperity that's your root so it is automatic that your fruit will be that so don't worry if you don't look as if you are producing some current fruit right now worry what you are attached to worry what has now begun, begun to form the basis of your giving the basis of your living the basis of your self-carriage what roots are you coming from have you noticed that many times hear this have you noticed that many times they will call Jesus the root we said from the root of Jesse this root of Jesse oh my god let's trace this root because it wasn't always pure let's read now look at this Matthew chapter 1 the book of the genealogy of Jesus in Christ. In other words, the book of the work God did to this point. So what is your root? The work God has been doing in Christ all life, that's the number one. But also now your expression root. The work God has been doing in pity from the time it was birthed. That's the root. So it is no longer just you doing the things he did. It is you coming from that root. What the basis of your ideology as a man thinketh, so is he. So many times, the reason why we say, well, you know, it's a church of young people or those who are young and are is because sometimes it is difficult and almost impossible to sow, to put an old wine into a new wine skin or to sow a old garment and a new garment. Scripture says it will tear apart. So God took you afresh. And some of us not so fresh because many doctrines are coming to our life. Many belief systems that God is trying to uproot in this period of prayer and fasting, guys. He's trying to take some belief system out of your mind and say, that's not your root. Those were your delivery parent. Those were your delivery culture. But I've now set you into a family. And many times if you sit in that family with one eye, oh, I accept some, I don't accept some, you will soon go. And sometimes he said, no, no, no. Completely destroy, destroy the things that you learn from that culture so that you can embrace a new culture. And God says, that is why I made this man's life like this so that you can have testimonies to say, if that's the fruit, I might as well follow that. This is the genealogy. This is my work from the beginning. This is what led us here. That's what God is trying to say in Matthew. If you see the book of Matthew being written, Matthew was saying, this is what led us to this Christ. 
that we're talking about. The book of the genealogy of what made this Jesus. Look at the making of Jesus Christ. Of Jesus Christ. Whose son? The son of David. Do, do, do you understand that? It calls him the son of David, not the son of God. Because what people would then say, this is the fake teaching in the church. I'm the son of God. But the expression of God was David. On earth, the Bible calls Jesus the produce. Please, read it again. Please, I beg of you. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. The son of David. How is that possible? It calls him the son of David. It calls him the son of human. And this is the word. It gives us human roots. And this David was the guy who slept with Bathsheba. Do you remember that? It was not a godly or angelic root, but it was a root recognized by God because that at that time was God's expression on earth and everyone who was sprinkled from there reversed back to Jesus and said, this is the genealogy. This is where Jesus is coming from. The genealogy where he's coming from is the son. That's powerful scripture right there, you know. Otherwise, all that we've learned, your parents, uh, uh, someone says, oh, yeah, you worship it, we worship God. You don't worship God, you worship your culture. You worship your tradition. You worship your church building. It is not God. Because there must be expression of God's dimension on earth. Those who really love God, that God is showing his heart to right now. And then, you build with what God is showing them. He calls him the son. Co-builder. You remember Noah's construction company. Co-builder with David. This is the genealogy. I won't recover from this scripture because it doesn't make me worship David. But it makes me understand the dimension of God's men on the, in this world. It is easy to just say you worship this unseen God because with that you set your own standard. You set your own giving. You set everything. How it is convenient for your culture. But it gets more interesting. The son of David. The son of Abraham. Abraham begot Isaac. Now it starts. David was his expression. He didn't say the son of Abraham. David was his expression. Because David was the similitude of Christ man and divine oh my god when you see the frailty of david you wonder is this guy even a god person at all but then he switches and you see the similitude of christ david in the book of psalms sometimes will speak as christ and we speak as david this guy had a deep relationship with god but god still revealed his human side and then people attacked him because of his human frailty and god destroyed all of them but God was firm with him. The son of David. Then now it starts according to age. Abraham begot Isaac. Uh -huh. Isaac begot Jacob. Uh -huh. And Jacob begot Judah and uh -huh. his brothers. Yep. Judah begot Perez and Zerah by Tamar. Perez begot Hezron. And Hezron begot Ram. This is where it gets boring to you because you're thinking, oh God, all these things are long. They are not long. They are very vital. I'm coming. I want to show you something in a moment. Go on. Ram begot Aminadab. Aminadab begot Nashon. And Nashon begot Salmon. Look at Salmon. When it gets to verse 5, the dimension changes. Look at Salmon, verse 5. 
Salmon begot Boaz by, by Rahab. You see, all this while, it's been saying so, so, so begot so, 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 so begot so, 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 but it never told us by who. When it gets to grace, the lineage of grace, they went, all these guys were seemingly perfect, but when it got to grace and another dimension was introduced, when God needed to up this game, he went to pick a, a prostitute. This lineage has to have grace in it. This lineage has to have imperfection in it. This family has to have some people that are not perfect. So the Bible was careful not to just keep Salmon begot Boaz. It says Salmon begot Boaz by Rahab. Let's trace that. Salmon begot Boaz uh -huh. by Rahab. So the, the father of Salmon, I mean the father of Boaz is Salmon. Yeah, is that correct? Salmon begot Boaz by Rahab. So Salmon and Rahab are husband and wife. Their child is Boaz. Is that correct? Would I say correctly that way? Their child is Boaz. Look at what then happened. Read on. Please. Boaz begot Obed by Ruth. Oh my God. So when it came to these special case women, the Bible began to emphasize that they, that it's not the man now. Oh my God, I'm going somewhere. It is not the man now, it is the woman. That the story now has changed from Abraham, Abinadab, to, to Rahab, to Boaz, and to Ruth. These were, the, these were people of grace. These were people who found God, even though they don't originally belong to a family line of covenant but they belong to a family line of another kind of covenant that brings them so God wanted to include them in the genealogy of Jesus Christ wanted to give them a family legacy no wonder something was pulling Ruth she didn't know how do you follow a woman Naomi who I believe is Naomi who has no future who has no say the two children were dead but there was something on the inside of Ruth that made Ruth say, look, I don't know God. But you see, where you go, I'll go. Your God will be my God. A family line was pulling her. That's why it started with line. This line here was saying we can't be complete. Abraham begot Isaac. This line was saying we can't be complete without finding a woman called Ruth. So something was the line of our destiny. Even though she was delivered by a parent, we never heard of our parents anymore. The line of destiny was pulling her. And so some of you find yourself in this house because a line of destiny pulled you. And now I adopt a real mom, so to speak, not even adopted, became Naomi. And she didn't know why she would have to follow Naomi. She thought, oh my God, she thought she got into the family of Naomi because of her son. They had dreams together. They thought they would have some children but God says that's not the line. I will destroy that line in order to build the line that is coming from Abraham because I'm going to Jesus. And if we're going to get to Jesus, we need Ruth. Rahab was a prostitute because of what her father, her father will get drunk and use her to pay for, for his debts. But God was saying, I need a Rahab in this line. 
and so he was the one that allowed the father to be a useless man because he needed a new line God was going to do the work called Jesus on earth and he needed a Rahab there he needed this kind of women our kind of Phoebes he needed this kind of women that are extra when it comes to following destiny Ruth is extra Rahab risked the, the wrath of the army of our city and she gave her all to accommodate the spies. We need these people in order to get to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the Bible says, Salmon begirt pours by Rahab. The best came from the worst because of family line. Because of what God wanted to do in a family line. I don't know why you think you joined this family, why you joined the nation of Spa. But whatever your thoughts are, I want you to know that God has a bigger plan. There is a generation yet unborn that you will be girt and it doesn't matter where you're coming from. You can join the family tonight if you're not in this family already. What do you have to do to join the family? Accept the Lord Jesus Christ and then contact one of these families I've been mentioning. Talk to me quickly. We're Salmon, still going somewhere. Yeah. Salmon begot Boaz by Rahab. Uh -huh. Boaz begot Obed by Ruth. Uh -huh. Obed begot Jesse. Are you now noticing why God will say the root of the house of Jesse cannot be moved? The root, this root was solidified by all people from all class and walks of life. You are in this line for a purpose. It begot Ruth. Look at who I, I love this. And again, if you are one of those who skip this side, you may want to go back and read it now, right? But I haven't even got into where I'm going to talk to me. Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David. So the destiny of Ruth was never to begot any son by the children of Naomi. God sealed that side in order for there is someone bigger coming through your womb. You, you know, the first things God taught me about church was when some people leave, he said, that's not your own problem. I'm begotten something. I would change position because I don't want him her sitting in that position. That doesn't make that person evil. Never. It's just saying there's a bigger birth. There's something I'm birthing. We'll touch that later. Talk to me. Obed begot Jesse, uh -huh. and Jesse begot David the king. The king. The resolve of one woman one night to follow a dead situation. Uh, the second wife, meaning the other lady, our group, our friend, with whom they married into Naomi's family, had gone back to her home people. He'll say, I'm going back home. I'm, I'm my dad and mom are waiting. And remember this. She's lived with that woman, Naomi, for many years. But she still has a home to go back to. So being in the nation for many years, don't mean, oh, wow, it's not here. And it's been here for many. No, they still have a home to go back to. But Ruth said, people with higher destiny, they see better. Ruth said, you know what? I have got no home to go back to. Your God will be my God. Your people, my people. The line of David, the line of Christ was calling Ruth. So two people can enter a place together and one departs and the other one stays. It is the line of destiny calling them. Who knew that David was coming through a Ruth? Ruth could never have seen it. Never. 
But God wants you to learn that there is something created before you showed up. And to complete that line is why you showed up. Ruth will be the one, the grandmother of David. Unbelievable. This is a woman everybody would laugh at and say, your husband died. But that's going to be the grandmother of the greatest destiny and the greatest king that has ever lived. Talk to me. And Jesse begot David the king. Uh -huh. David the king begot Solomon. By? By her who had been the wife of Uriah. Unbelievable. Are you seeing this lineage of grace? They didn't mention the woman's name. The Bible, God is, they didn't mention her name. They defined her by the problem that happened. That was the woman that David committed adultery with and killed Uriah, the husband. But the line of grace brought Solomon. The mistake of grace brought Solomon and Solomon will now become the wealthiest king on the face of the earth. The wisest man but came through a bad situation. Mark my words. Every man who runs from bad times will end up bad. Bad? Don't say, someone is speaking about bad. Da, 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 da. Those are the situation that produces the greatest kings on earth greatest dimensions of God on the face of the earth. So look at who God will choose to bring Solomon. A woman that you call promiscuous, how could you do that? And this is not advocating for what is wrong. But I'm saying that when God has determined on building a line, nothing can stop him. Even the innocent blood of Uriah could not stop him. I love, when I got to that place, I said, so Look where Jesus came from. Look where Jesus came from. You would have thought he's coming from the holiest of holy. Look where Satan came from. Satan came from the presence of God. Lucifer. He came from fine stones. Everything that Satan was carved with, Lucifer was carved with, was precious. Look what he became. Look where Jesus came from. We're still going somewhere. This route was not perfect. But it was solid. It's immovable because of the lines upon lines. Why would God gather all this kind of all of us in Spark Nation? It is to build a solid root. They didn't have to come from the best so-called families. No, because otherwise this would not be worthwhile. It won't work. Uriah. Uriah begot Joham. Jotham. Go on. Verse 9. Verse 9. Uzziah begot Uzziah, Jotham. Uh -huh. Jotham begot Ahaz. Uh -huh. And Ahaz begot Hezekiah. Verse 10. Hezekiah begot Manasseh. Mm -hmm. Manasseh begot Amon. Yep. And Amon begot Josiah. Jump to verse 13. Zerubbabel begot Abiud. And Abiud begot I Eliud. needed 11 and 12, but I thought if I read it tonight, we wouldn't end this. But So jump to 13. Zerubbabel begot Abiud. Uh -huh. Abiud begot Eliakim, and uh -huh. Eliakim begot Azor. 14. Azor begot Zadok. Zadok. Please pay attention. We're going somewhere. You need to hear this now. Go on. Zadok begot Akim, and Akim begot Eliud. Eliud begot Eliazar. Eliazar begot Mathan. Uh -huh. And Mathan begot Jacob. Please don't forget that Mathan begot Jacob. This is that so important. Read on. And Jacob, and Jacob begot, begot Joseph. Joseph. 
the husband, read with me. The, the husband, husband of, of Mary, of, of whom was born Jesus, who, who is, is called Christ. Christ. Problem there. Joseph never touched Mary. Joseph didn't touch Mary. It wasn't the sperm of man that made Jesus in the womb. But when they read the genealogy of Jesus, they traced it to Joseph, not Mary. It wasn't Mary. So what would have made sense there was Mary, the mother of Jesus, a lineage. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> that, get, that, that gets interesting to me because all of a sudden now, all of this was coming down, 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 down. And it only got to Joseph. Joseph didn't touch Mary. It is not the sperm of man that made you. It was the line of destiny. I will tell you that again tonight. According to the word, Joseph did not touch Mary. Why did they trace the genealogy of Jesus and his birth to Joseph? God had been looking at this man, Joseph. Oh, this is so powerful, guys. It was not the will of man that gave birth to you. It was not the attraction of a woman to a man that gave birth to you. It was the lineage of grace, the word of God. So this Joseph was the custodian of destiny. And God watched them. They were committed. Oh my God, I love this. They were committed to marry each other. Then they, then Mary was filled with the Holy Spirit and she conceived just before you begin to overrate certain things in your life. And say, well, you know, the problem is there's a curse in your father's house. Da, 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 da. You're going to do three years of fasting to break it. Listen, Joseph didn't touch Mary, but he was called the father. The genealogy, all this story we read from verse 1. And that would be a mystery. Because can you imagine that till my adult life, I was just thinking this genealogy ended with Mary. Because if anyone had participation, human participation in the birth of Jesus, you would say it is Mary. So once I understood that, I understood what it meant. When the angel appeared to Mary and said the Spirit of God will come upon you, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you, you will conceive destiny will come upon you the, the line of grace the line of the word will make a woman conceive something in her womb and that child it is not the sperm of man you could have missed you could have been aborted something was calling you to this earth is called a family that you needed to belong to in 2020 your mom and dad met because of a spark nation and it's not the other way around they met because there was a line God was building. There was a participation of God from time. It is imperfect, it is human, and it's begotten and begotten. So that something can produce you. So never again submit to the institution of failure of man. Meaning, don't, don't, don't look and say, I wonder why daddy didn't take care of me. Even if he wanted to, he couldn't have. He couldn't have. Because there's a superior line saying, listen, Mr. Man, you've done your own job and that's it. I find this scripture in children as I want to hand for tonight. 
I looked at that scripture again and said, wow. And Jacob begat Joseph. The real spam of life was Joseph. It was, now we trace it back, was Jacob and Eliezer. That was the power of the Holy Spirit. That lineage. So all these words that we read here, they just needed a Mary to believe and deliver Jesus for us. All this accumulated to the semen of man, the seed. That's what is called the semen, the seed of man that will bring the destiny and the light called Jesus. And they needed a carrier. They found a virgin called Mary. And they told Mary, Mary, you don't have to participate. We don't need your body to join with anyone. We just need your faith. That's the womb of the spirit. Faith is the womb. Conceive it because we've walked on this lineage. Some of the things God will be asking you to do is just you believing in this lineage of grace. What God has built in this house. Tomorrow I'll begin to expound on this. Where I'm going, where I was going tonight is just for you to know that the semen of man did not make you. Never did. It is the power of culture that stops us from where God needed us to go to. All the story of Joseph, of Solomon, of all these guys, of Ruth, was only going to a man called Joseph because of a man called Jesus. Do you know you were born for a destiny? For a purpose? For me? This is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. It sets us free from culture. Oh yeah. It sets us free from mediocrity. It also answers some questions in our life that God is not interested in answering. Meaning that we, we, it doesn't want to answer your paternal questions. It asks you to look at the lineage of grace. It asks you to look at why are you in this family? And so the moment I realized that, I thank God for my parents that they are believers family as well. But what if they were not? I'm sorry. It is the semen of faith that made me. And maybe in what God is building right now, some of us are the Ruth, the Naomi, Uriah's wife, whatever. God is just saying that there's no amount of wrong that can stop what is building. Now we can't then say, well, let me then do wrong then. No, no, no. There's no amount of wrong that can stop what God is trying to do. So what is our job? It's just to say, Lord, here I am. I surrender. I'll just run to you. Because there are decisions that I make right now in submission to God that I cannot figure out the end of it now. What man will constantly want you to do is to look at your decision and say, okay, yeah, but if you save this and put this aside, this is where it goes. I'm saying, well, God planned for me. I can't tell that Ruth was going to be the grandmother of David. I can't tell that a woman who has suffered so many losses in her life and the ultimate loss, the loss of a loved one, 
will now be a woman in the book of history. I can't tell that Rahab will now be important in the lineage of our Lord Jesus Christ. I can't believe it. See how God sets family. He puts the most unlikely people together. So the family, in, in this same family, you find Mary. Mary was also brought in because of Joseph. Imagine. And in this line, you find Rahab. You find Ruth. Tamar is there, by the way. I can't even start the story of Tamar. She's in this line. So don't come here and tell us about how perfect or imperfect you are. Come and tell us about destiny. That's what God is looking for. The world is looking for perfection. So imagine when Nation was going, they said, oh, that lady in your church, just, can't you just do a newspaper article and speak that you denounced that? What? I've just destroyed the line. Why? So that I can look good to HSBC. That I'm called to destroy. No way in the world. It is that line. No wonder David says, the line has fallen onto me in pleasant places. I have a goodly heritage. So, Agnesha, the line has fallen onto you in a good line. And I don't, I, don't, I don't blame the world for not understanding. Some of our parents won't understand as well. But many of them will become part of this city. They will be. doesn't matter what they say now. They will be because they would see. And so know now that everywhere you turn, everything you do, you represent a family, a line. So you can't misbehave. You cannot not but be filled with the Spirit of God. We don't need you to be a big shot in the world. We need you to be a good family member. And after all the exploits you do in the world, you report back to your family. I was talking to one of your brothers and said, I don't care how much well you've done. If I don't see your relationship with your family head, I don't rate you. Is the family head. Otherwise, there's nothing God will do through you. It may look promising. It may look like, yeah, I'm getting there. Wow, I'm excited. If you see what we made yesterday, we made this, this, that, that, that happen. I'm just looking at you and, and looking at the family man in you. It's the family man. That does not mean you have to live in a, in a trap house or that, that, that. No, no, no. Your family, your family orientation to the family of believers. Tomorrow I'm going to touch on Daniel's family. And it's going to be powerful. Tomorrow we start our fasting from the time you wake up. We're going to eat next on Sunday morning. Or, or after service on Sunday. That's what the family is doing right now. That's the faith we have right now. God has just put it in my heart to say, let us. I want 318 young people fasting. Trusting God, you can have drinks. We're just fasting food now. Please don't start all the question of can we? Is is so 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 a drink? Is so 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 a drink, bro? It's just three days, bro. Three days. What's wrong with you? You're not a sickler, yeah. Even if you are, God will heal you. So you can have drinks, and you know what drinks mean. So if you want to go overboard and start blending um, fried plantain and blend that, that, that that's your problem. But you, because people like Piggy have started calling me already. Just leave me alone. But he only has if he can drink water. But you can have drinks, stay um, liquidated. <laughs> and say, oh, when you do fast, it's magnesium. When you do fast, do they give the disclaimers? 
newspaper is looking to write on how Peter has told them to fast without because they are vulnerable children. They are vulnerable children. So he just told them to fast. So, oh, what am I going to gain in asking Beryl to slim down? Come on, man. Now. So it's not my game. It's not my problem. I don't care. So what I'm saying in other words is if you are sick or you need help, do not, um, do not fast and all that. But it's just three days. Actually, it's not even up to three days technically. It's just some hours. And so the only time you're not eating all three is Friday and Saturday where you can have drinks. We want to pray. What are we praying for this weekend? We're trusting God for wealth in this family. Look, if you are one of the throws or you report to your masters who tell you to throw, tell them that I'm not asking them to prosper. Because they won't. It's not going to happen. I'm talking to this family. That according to the word of God, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. I want wealth for our whole family. I saw the given chart. You can bring it home. I saw what they are saying. The competition is fierce. And reduce excited people among them. They have Rolls Royce, they have Jeep, they have this, but hey. And then, Father, let Paul's never be in the class that tells stories. Oh, yeah, in 1992, we gave one billion. Father, let Paul's never have a better yesterday. Help them, raise them, intervene in their affairs, and rebuke the devourer for their sake. And we all pray for Paul's family in the name of Jesus. Oh, we bless you, Lord. I'm just joking. Let's worship as we just pray. Now, if you're new watching this, you won't understand it. Don't worry about it. Someone that was new told me on Sunday, said after the um, service, you didn't ask and you didn't give people opportunity to give and it just ticked some people off. Say, don't worry, just come here. The word. We're fine. Don't give. It's okay. Or give to some other church. There are churches on the, on the screen and they put their account and stuff there. Give to them. Be a blessing to them. You can take the word from here, but give to them. After a while, we'll talk about giving. That's right. Let's sing that in Jesus' name as we pray. He's on the spiral. Yes, Jesus. Something on this screen. Yes, Jesus.